Welcome to Kun Cafe for the week of September 20th, year of our Lord 2021. We're looking at the gospel lesson for this coming Sunday, the 26th of September, at which service I will be preaching. Both services I'll be preaching at First United Methodist Church of Gonzales. Please be in prayer for me. And the devotional is on a very important subject on how we need to be more united and less divided. And uh, this scripture is perfect uh, for raising that kind of awareness among ourselves. So as we are in this devotional, please, please be in prayer and be open in your spirit to hearing what God may share with you, what you need to hear. Mark chapter 9, verses 38 to 50 in the New International Version of the Bible. I'm calling the devotional, Are We on the Same Team? Hear now the word of God, beginning with verse 38. Teacher said, John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me, for whoever is not against us is for us. Truly, I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worms that eat them do not die, and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves, and be at peace with each other. This, dear friends, is the word of God for the people of God, and we say thanks be to God. Well, happy Monday, Concafe family. And I say that knowing that many of us are, are mourning and sad about so many deaths in our, in our country and in our communities. <clears throat> and I pray that your life, your witness, your words, your actions will reflect the light of Christ that so many are in need of seeing and hearing and or receiving. And may you, dear friend, be just the one for the job. As we pray, let us pray for comfort and peace for the family of Lee Ann Wyatt, a young wife, mother of two, precious daughter who died this past Friday. Hers is another of the deaths in the First United Methodist Church of Gonzalez's family in so few days. May God's peace be with all who loved her and who miss her tremendously. Pray especially for her two children, very small children. Pray for her husband, pray for her mom and dad and all the family who love her and who will miss, it, miss her. Let us also pray for the eradication of COVID, the victory over cancer, the spread of kindness among all people. Whatever needs you believe are needed at this point, reclaim the power of prayer. Be a person that people will go to because they know you are in contact, constant contact with God and always are sharing with him the needs of people in your life. Well, friends, let me ask this question. Should there be jealousy among Christians, among Christian churches, among religious movements, etc.? The obvious answer is, of course, no. But the truth is that there does arise tinges of it when some lines are crossed. 
1998, I made the most difficult decision of my career of leaving my home conference, the Rio Grande Conference of the United Methodist Church. It was a Spanish-language conference that covered all the Spanish-speaking United Methodist Churches of Texas and most of New Mexico, and I transferred into the Southwest Texas Conference. In my heart and soul, it was the necessary thing to do for my family and for the work of the Lord. Most people understood. Most people welcomed me into the new conference. Some held me to be a traitor. <laughs> there are some people that just did not speak to me for a while because I had made this decision. I had a young man who joined my church in San Antonio. Yes, Southwest Texas Conference. And he told me about an incident he had when he had returned home and met there a pastor from his home church who said, you know, uh, your pastor of that church in San Antonio is a traitor. He smiled and paused and said, you know, Pastor Valverde has not preached any sermons on serving Satan the whole time I've been there. So as far as I can tell, he's still on the same side. What a wonderful point. What a wonderful response. And that was a very good point. I understood the feelings of the one who thought I had truly, quote, changed sides, but I was still preaching the name of Jesus, inviting all to surrender to him. This young man knew it. This young man was a very receptive and responsive uh, member of my church. And years earlier, when I was first in Georgetown to attend Southwestern University, I remember noticing that two United Methodist churches were directly across the street from each other. And some years later, I saw the same thing in Ohio. And it made me wonder. But the reality was, as I learned later, that in Georgetown, it was a language issue that had one church across from the other. One of the churches <laughs> spoke English, and the other one for many years spoke Swedish. And if I'm remembering correctly that in Ohio, these churches were directly, huge churches, directly across the street from each other. And I believe these were pre-1968 days when the Evangelical United Brethren Church merged with the Methodist Church, creating the United Methodist Church. This was in 1968. And though the papers were signed in 1968, it was a big, big eventful day. That year that I preached among those churches of Ohio, I believe it was late 80s, early 90s, I discovered that the EUB, the Evangelical United Brethren Church, was alive and well in those parts of Ohio. And as 2021 draws near, the question that many are asking is what will become of the United Methodist Church after we hold General Conference of 2022? And that's a good question. Only God knows the answer. And as far as I know, it will cause a schism or a split among the United Methodist Church. Be in prayer for us and for what God intends to do with this. Now, back to the passage. The disciples in their travels for Jesus, as you remember, from time to time, Jesus would send them out to preach and teach, to heal, to deliver. And they saw someone who was, quote, driving out demons in your name. And we told him to stop because he was not one of us. <laughs> Ouch. Can you see that? Aggressive disciples, no? And it was because they said, you know, this guy, we don't know who he is. And how can he be driving out demons in Jesus' name if he's not one of the 12 or not one of the 125 people that travel with Jesus? And I remembered, and it was just this past Friday on our way home, we stopped at McDonald's for supper to eat as we drove home to Seguin. Where some years earlier, when I was senior pastor of First United Methodist Church of Harlan, and I went on an errand on a, uh, to visit this uh, 
shopping center, and I saw a sign for a tiny church that had as its logo the very familiar copyrighted United Methodist logo of the cross and flame, and it kind of irritated me, and I so wanted to leave a note saying, you know, this this logo is a copyrighted uh, trademark of the United Methodist Church, and as such, you must have permission to use it, or you must stop and desist. But I figured I would instead pray for them and whatever God was using them for and whatever their purpose was in existing, and it was between them and God. Yet I was still guilty of having the same feelings as John and the other disciples who might have started this discussion with Jesus. Jesus says, do not stop him. For no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose a reward. Jesus knew the power of teamwork. Jesus knew the power of getting along. Jesus knew the blessings of working together in common good for the common good, especially when it came in the form of trying to defeat the common enemy, Satan. Satan is our enemy, not the church down the street. Pray for your neighbors who attend different churches. Pray for the different churches. And thank God they exist. And thank God for neighbors that belong to those churches. It could be worse. They could be doing nothing or doing what they shouldn't be doing. Now, Jesus continues by further saying that our self-control, as we do our ministry, is best kept under check. Any action we take to stir people up, and take them away from God is not worth the effort. If we use our hands, our feet, and our eyes in ways we shouldn't, he spoke out against that. And he said we should cut those things off or pluck them out because it was better to enter life maimed than into hell with all our parts. And so Jesus spent some time describing the reality of hell and the place of suffering that it is, mainly separation from God and God's love. But quoting again from his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus speaks of salt and of saltiness, losing its saltiness, and how worthless it becomes. The best use of salt, Jesus says, is amongst us, <clears throat> the believers, and enjoying peace with each other. Now, dear friends, life is too short to be spent in conflict and battle. At the end of each day, it's best for us just to rejoice in what we have, what we are, we're able to do, and especially among each other, and then to go to sleep in anger or frustration. If we do that, we're going to toss and turn. We're not going to have a good night's sleep. And then we're going to be grumpy the next day. And it's going to be repeated again. It'll be this frustrating, endless cycle. Think about this. This month marks yet another sad anniversary of this Alton, Texas bus accident where almost 30 people lost their lives. 30 children lost their lives in a senseless early morning bus crash with a Dr. Pepper truck. <clears throat> I heard about the accident on the radio and was able to be let in because the, I was known <clears throat> for my involvement in the community and <clears throat> I was able to be at, at the shore of this little beach near that pit where they were bringing the bodies in boats to the parents to identify them and what a terrible, terrible thing. It took me a couple of years just to be able to speak about this without completely losing it. And uh, I, I think I still suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome because of that. And as I was there, one of the deputy sheriffs came and said that they were asking a friend of mine who was a local funeral director and funeral home owner and myself to go and set up a temporary morgue in a county pavilion. So he and I drove out to one of the county pavilions and one by one we set up 
these folding tables, and as the bodies arrived on the stretchers, we would lift them on onto the tables, and <clears throat> we would try to make them as presentable as we could, so when the parents did come in to claim the bodies, they would be there. One of the most touching and agonizing things was to find that uh, this girl still had the brush, um, her hairbrush in her hair. And later, as we heard the stories of, of moms and dads as they were remembering this last moment with their children, one of the mothers was really beyond consolation because she and the daughter had fought. Oh, how she would have given anything to have those last moments again and to make them different. But she couldn't, nor can we. Because, dear friends, it's best to take stock of what truly and eternally matters and to seek peace among ourselves, especially our families. Those moments should be precious. They should be powerful. And they should not be wasted on conflict. Let's pray. Loving Father, <clears throat> so heavy a cloud of sadness and sorrow surrounds our world due to countless deaths and ill-spoken words. We sometimes say and do things we shouldn't, but we pray you forgive us and that you would grant us the mind and peace of Jesus to truly enjoy each other, seeking that which unites us and makes us truly siblings in faith instead of that which can eternally divide us. May we truly be peacemakers as Jesus wants. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Dear friend, thank you so much for listening. I pray this has brought a blessing to your life, and I pray this will be a blessing that you will share. If you're not subscribed yet to our podcast, please do that now. I'd love to have a part in making Jesus real for so many, especially those from other countries that tune in to Concafe. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a wonderful and great blessed day. And for you local readers and listeners, have a great and blessed day in the Lord. Here's your assignment. Seek ways where you can make a difference between war and peace. You can do that. You can see a situation that could be boiling up to something that shouldn't happen. You can step in and say a word of calm, a word of peace. Thank you again for tuning in. Receive my blessings of love and peace. I'm Pastor Adi Valverde. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.